Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. It's Wednesday, a.k.a. the week before Turkey Day. You know what that means? It's time for another episode of your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. Be live. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old, man. I, I lost count. 226 that we at now? I believe I, so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've done over 200 plus episodes. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us over these last four years. Keep on rocking with us. Keep on rolling with us because we've only just begun. I'm the HOC here at the Sports Bowls Podcast. And of course, you know, I can't do this by myself. Not only do I have one, but I have two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first with his fly work shirt on, looking good as only as he could. He is the almighty beeline. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Woo, the NFL was something else. And I didn't know how much I um, relied on Tyreek Hill in my fantasy league until I didn't have him this week. Mm. And my team was terrible. Um, 0-3. In my three fantasy leagues, um, I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm almost. I might be. Nope, nope. Jr. is dead last in our um, sports pros league, so I can always count on him. <laughs> so, um, I have, there's a lot to talk about. I am. I'm gonna try to save a couple of rants. I'm gonna try to sob, but I've been waiting on this very moment. For quite a few reasons, and we'll get into them a little bit later. Go ahead and bring in the other guy, see what he's got to say, see what he's got to sing to him, and have him brighten up the mood just a little bit for him. Well, brighten up the mood. You better watch out. He's dancing, swaying from side to side. He is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, and Scotty Cum Laude at Waynesburg university he is the one the only the money man scotty d over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go what yeah this is it this is gonna be our last episode before thanksgiving oh yes that is right that is right so i'm 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 singing out a little thanksgiving tune in honor of the big day i will be sitting very fatly in my recliner on that day Watching the Cowboys and Indians. I'm sorry, the Cowboys and Commanders on that day. The the age-old tradition of Dallas Cowboy football and Thanksgiving. And they have ruined a few of them for me the last few years. So they better do the right thing this year. But and I and you know, now that Dak is at the top of the MVP conversation following that performance on on Sunday. You're cut off. You're immediately cut off. That uh, was sarcasm. That was sarcasm. I know it's sarcasm, but ESPN is sarcastic, sarcastic about their coverage. And that I, I, I almost forgot about this rant. And I'm just, it's going to happen right here, right MVP. 
MVP. So ESPN, y'all need to stop this. It's the and be live. I don't know why you're missing Tyree Kill so much when you, I'm sure you had Calvin Ridley, who you said was going to be. I don't care about. He Calvin is going Ridley to be right so good this year. He your opening good. opening day prediction. He's going to light it up. He's going to be on fire. All yeah, roads lead yeah. to Dabo. We got Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley. That's a distract me right now. ESPN, mark my words. This is twice now that the Cowboys have dismantled the New York football giants. Their third string quarterback. And now, once again, yep, this is the conversation that ESPN is having. Was this Dak's best performance ever? Is he, are the Cowboys legit? Are they real? It's the Giants. They've done this before. And y'all watch, rinse, repeat. What, why? Is is Jared Jones literally writing you a check after every game? Like, hey, here you go. Here's a million bucks. I need y'all to cover everything Dallas. Hype them up. Because every every time the ESPN they're the most football. interesting team in football. They're not the best team, but they're the most interesting. It's year right. in and year out, it, they they just are. They're the most irritating and team in football. And now, why why is there so much? And coverage? now Dak is like, a legit now, MVP candidate after that performance against the Mighty Giants. And now, MVP I MVP perpetuated the situation because I brought it on our platform here because it's irritating. It's stupid. Yes, and he starts the show. God. Oh, Eddie, start the show. Oh, so much anger as soon as I saw before B Live seizes up on us. Start the show. <laughs> I saw it immediately, like I saw red. I'm like, that's what I was. I oh, he, he just B Live. We, we get we getting there. He, he just he just blanked out. And with that being said, I'm gonna shut the hell up and let's go ahead and hop right into it. The top of the order. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. It is that time of the season, the midway point, if you want to call it that, or the midterms, if you will. So here at the Sports Bowls Podcast, the three of us, we've taken time to actually look at the league as a whole, look at players, teams, coaches, and everything as a whole. And guess what? We're grading your asses. Yes, we have our grade. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to mention one team, one player, and one coach that deserve an A. And at the tail end of this, we're going to mention one team, one player, one coach that just ain't making the grade. With that being said, I'll go first. My first team that gets and A is the Philadelphia Eagles. Reason being because they are eight and one, and they sit at the top of the NFC East division. Um, here's, here's some interesting stats: fourth down conversions when they do the tush push or the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it, the most um, illegal play in the history of professional sports. Uh, they are thirteen of seventeen in fourth down conversions, and it has a lot to do with that. You look at Jalen Hurts, still playing some good football, passed well with two thousand three hundred forty-seven yards. 15 touchdowns through the air and seven on the ground. And A.J. Brown, who's eighth in the league with uh, 1,005 yards and six touchdowns as a wide receiver. And they are fifth in total offense. So that is my team that gets an A. Scotty D, what team are you giving an A grade to? 
Uh, might be kind of low hanging fruit, but the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. They started off the season in prime time, losing to the Detroit Lions. <clears throat> it was not a sign of things to come. It was just a team that had a bad night, getting off to a rough start and ironing out some some preseason injury type situations and all that stuff. But they're seven and two, and they're going to the Super Bowl again. Their defense is only allowed 143 points this season. They're still scoring. They still have Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I don't see a team to me that jumps off the page and says we're gonna not. This is our year to knock off Kansas City. They just look. They just. It's just too normal. They are just in too good of a groove. Regular season is just passing time to get to the postseason for that team. Be live. Who you got? That's my A Chiefs. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use my inner Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. When you say it's not, it wasn't a precursor of things to come, because my team that gets an A is the team that beat Kansas City at the beginning of the season, the Detroit Lions, that also boasts a seven and two record. Also, I want to remind you, this is the same Kansas City team that couldn't muster up, that could only muster up nine points against the Denver Broncos. Mm. Now, now the big question is: Denver Broncos actually that good? But that's 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 neither here nor there. I'm I'm gonna talk about the Detroit Lions, seven and two. They've got I actually I won't say they have a stranglehold on the on the division because <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings on a five game win streak. The who to thunk it? <laughs> Ever since they beat Carolina, but uh, but yeah. The Detroit Lions, I've been talking about them for years. They finally are putting the pieces together. Young team. Jared Goff is playing like the Jared Goff that I thought he could always be. I always thought he got a raw deal in um in LA with the Rams. They can go pretty far in the playoffs. Will they surpass Philadelphia? We shall see. But they get an A from me. So when it comes to players, Eddie Cool, what what you got? What when it comes to a player that gets a name from you, what what's happening? A player that has it going on like a mug right now is Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, leading the league with eleven sacks, first in the National Football League, and a key focal point in the Browns defense. They are number one in total defense. Yeah, you have to look at this from a standpoint as to where. Deshaun watched the quarterback play. It wasn't so certain. Still trying to find his groove. He sprained his shoulder. He did something to it. He's not starting this week. He was able to start this week, but didn't want to start this week. Miles Garrett said, well, you know what? While you figuring out what the hell's going on, I'm going to do what I do and be all world defensive end. I think Miles Garrett should be in the MVP conversation because it's with him and the rest of that defense with Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, that's keeping this team afloat. Now, you have to also look at consider this too. They're doing all, all of this without Nick Chubb. They are doing all of this without Nick Chubb. So my grade A goes to Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. Scotty D, what say you? Well, this is going to be a little bit of a tough one for me to actually to, to, to say out loud. Because I, I have a couple of different guys I, I wanted to give A's to. Lamar Jackson's playing A football, I think considering he finished the season last year 
hurt. We didn't know what he was going to look like coming into the season and the, the contract thing. We didn't know if he's going to be a Raven. That wasn't even a given. CJ Stroud's playing kind of a type football down there, but I, I'm I'm going to award my personal A to Jalen Hurts, and it hurts for me to say that as a Cowboy fan it, it, to to, <laughs> to pass that to pass that kind of glory on to this to this division rival, but. You know, uh, you hear year after year, teams that lose the Super Bowl have, like, the Super Bowl hangover and often don't even make the playoffs. And there's no evidence of that this year. And that's because of really good coaching and a really good quarterback. And the, the Eagles had significant changes this offseason. I think their offensive coordinator left. They had uh, uh, lost some key pieces in free agency. But Jalen Hurts is is, is playing – leadership type of football he's just very level-headed he's not making a mistake he's got 15 touchdowns to eight interceptions but it's more than just the uh, a statistical thing with this, this guy it's it's the leadership quality he gets the first downs when he needs them he's just he, he's kind of like i say he's that element of steadiness for this team and they're leading that division and it's gonna be tough at this point for anybody cowboys included to catch that team be live how you like my a I will definitely I would golf clap to your A because um when it comes to um the Philadelphia Eagles, you said about the Super Bowl hangover. Very rarely do you see see a team lose the Super Bowl and get better. Very rarely. And I think the Eagles have done that. Like I yeah, I'm hard pressed to say. And I'm also I'm gonna give an A. To AJ Brown because that dude's playing otherwise. Yeah. But there's an A plus out there, which I I don't normally do. This is an A plus because man, we looked at this dude goofy when he said what he said. When he said that Tua Tagovailoa was a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes, we looked at like this dude is goofy as all outdoors, and all he has done this year. Has proven himself right. Tyreek Hill, wow! Like he, it, I, I think he's unguardable. You know that they're going to get. The, you know that they're going to throw him the ball. There, there's no doubt about that. And yet he he's leading the league in reception yards. Like he is just a barn burner. Like he will just he gets the ball and he extends play. After play, after play, after play, God, I missed him. I missed him this week on fans. I said what I said, man. Oh man! But at the end of the day, it's coaching, baby. It's coaching, and there's a, there's a few A's out there for for coaches as well. Eddie Cool, what say you? Speaking of coaches, I think you're gonna like this one. It's amazing what you can do in two weeks and with that being said i'm talking about the interim and should be head coach of the las vegas raiders antonio pierce they have gone two and zero since he's taken over and the raiders they just look different i watched the game sunday night i'm like you know what something something's something's magical here it's, it kind of is kind of it's damn near identical to what rich Passaccia had um Whenever John Groot got uh, got canned, whatever, a few years ago, and I'm like, okay, this this is a different look Raiders team, whatever. You know, they're they're not over here. Got Devontae Adams running a reverse because that's not what Devontae Adams does. He doesn't run reverses. 
He lines up, runs routes, find the ball, get to him. Um, the hell with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll say that. And Aiden was it Aiden McConnell or O'Connell, whatever his name is. Aiden O'Connell has taken over and he's been pretty serviceable. I will say that they are second place in the AFC West at five and five, which means, hey, Chargers, guess what? Keep on doing the mess y'all doing. Keep on losing to the Lions and Brandon Staley. Keep on just keep on doing what you're doing, Brandon Staley. You're gonna be hanging out with Josh McDaniels as well too. And um, they pretty much own the state of New York as they beat the Giants and the Jets the last two weeks. Now it'll be interesting to see what they do in their next five games. They'll be at Miami. Then they have, um, I think, what three, three, uh, three home games in a row with the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Chargers. And then they go on the road to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, yeah, Antonio Pierce is 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 bringing that whole swag back to Raider Nation. Much needed swag to Raider Nation. Get it right this time, Raiders. Well, um, owner, uh, get it right this time. You, Mark Davis, Scotty D's a uh, boy with his favorite haircut. This is never in the history of ever has a team had two good interim coaches and passed on them both. Like, get get this one right. Come on, do what you gotta do. My bad, I, I had to put that out there. That was me with the. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it, it 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 makes sense. If it's working, don't mess with it. Forget them other names. Forget them retreads. Just go ahead. Hey, uh, Antonio Pierce, for Raiders head coach. I made it cool, and I approved this message. What say you, Scotty D? Yeah, it seems like the players are connecting with him. And and as you mentioned, the Chargers the Chargers are a frustrating team. Oh, <laughs> you know, they just they seem like they're right there, ready to take that next step, and then they're just treading water. Uh, okay, so. My A, my A coaches, I decided I was going to wait to the last second to choose between Dan Campbell and John Harbaugh. And be live, you can convince me to go with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, I'm giving the A-plus to for, for kind of what you said, getting that high-powered offense in gear. We weren't even sure if Tua was going to be the guy after the way he looked last year at times. And Mike McDaniel has kind of come in and put a little charge in this team, playing it to his strength, letting him get that ball out quick and getting it to his playmakers. Tyree Kill, like you said, he's a, he's already had an A. He's already over 1,000 yards for the season. And the, the team seems to be buying into Mike McDaniel. They have three losses. At Buffalo, which is always going to be a tough division game. At Philadelphia, the team that was the in the Super Bowl last year, we just mentioned, is only a one-loss team right now. And their third loss was to the Chiefs. So they're they're not like going out and, and laying clunkers like the Cowboys and losing to the Arizona Cardinals or doing any of that kind of silly nonsense. They've they've lost to some formidable teams. Now, are they ready to take the next step? That's, that remains to be seen. If they get a crack at the Chiefs, maybe this is the team I was talking about that I didn't see coming of who might be challenging the Chiefs to knock them off in the AFC. But it, as, as, as of the time being, Mike McDaniel's got this team playing really good football. And, and Miami looks – they look legit. They look for real. And it'd be, I'm hard-pressed to think that they're not going to end up as a division champion this season. Be live. Well, I gave you an opportunity and – that, no, Mike Bidane is a great answer. I, I will not fault you for that. But you mentioned the guy that I need to mention before I go into my actual answer. If there, if I was going to give an A-minus, 
or I should just give a name. I already mentioned the team itself, but MCDC, you gotta, you, yeah, if you haven't heard of this um, um, acronym, MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. Okay. Yes, I might okay. have stole, stole that from Pat McAfee. I don't normally steal. I lie. I steal a lot. It is what it is. MC okay. Don't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Motor City Dan Campbell. He gets an A minus for me. I mentioned Detroit. But, dude, if I'm giving an A out and this hurts my feelings, it hurts. Because it's partly because of my beloved Carolina Panthers and their debacle when it came to this draft. Yeah, I, 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 I'm usually very positive about certain things. And it, the, the writing's on the wall. This isn't working. We should have gotten C.J. Stroud. And D'Amico Ryans is doing his thing down in Houston to the point of where we wrote Houston off. And, I, and especially me and Eddie Cool because of what they've done in the past when it came to African-American coaches and African-Americans in general. Yeah, I said it. Didn't I didn't give D'Amico Ryans a chance in Houston. Man, there are contenders for that division. Jacksonville is uh, like um, some things like Jacksonville ain't convincing me all the way. And you got my boy, Trevor Lawrence, T-Law, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley. Y'all should be burning it down. Y'all laid a whole just the turd burger against San Fran. <laughs> like San Fran was on the worst side of a three-game losing streak, and you've got all everybody believing that they're Super Bowl contenders again. And that's a whole nother story. Like you got Chase Young on one side and Joey Bosa on the other side. D Ohio State teammates. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa. And one one of them Bosa, Joey's in um Los Angeles, right? Mm. So okay, you said Joey is in San Fran and Nixon or or is it other way around? Nick I, Nick I, Nick Nixon San Fran, Joey's in LA. Nick Bosa, okay, and Joy is with the Chargers. Go Chargers, yes. What team? What team is Harpo? Harpo Bosa, is he? Is he still in the league? Harpo Bosa, Harpo, who this woman? <laughs> Harpo Bosa, is he still in the league? <laughs> I, I, I've lost track of his career. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to Oprah because you, you got either. I mean, we, we, I know you got enough money to sponsor us, Oprah. Pay him no. Oprah. Amount. No, I'm talking about Harpo Marx, not Oprah. Uh, I did, well, the Marx brothers. Come I on. Get, I get what you mean. Who's on first? Who's on third? I, 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 no, that's Abin Costello. Uh, well, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. As <laughs> usual. Nobody knows what we're talking about right now. This, this went way off the rails. What did you talking about? Uh, uh, but either way, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to the Bosa brothers. But y'all know what I mean. Y'all, that's just ridiculous. Mm. But um, D'Amico Ryan's, the city of Houston, they're believers. And uh, I, 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 come on now. Come on. Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, get it together, please. If I could be right with, with y'all as well. I was right about Detroit. I want to be right about the Jacksonville Jaguars. D'Amico Ryan's making it really, really hard. Whew. Now, we've been giving out A's. Not everybody can get an A. 
There's some failures out there, flat out failures. Out of all the Fs that you want to give out, Eddie Koo, which, which who gets the biggest F, whether it be a player, coach, or um, a team altogether? I've been waiting to say this since Super Bowl 38 and after Super Bowl 38, the biggest F that I'm giving are the New England Patriots. In the words of the almighty B-Live, what happened? They sit in the bottom of the league or the bottom portion of the league in damn near every statistical category, especially offense. They'll, they can only put up 14.1 points a game. And that's with P. Shooter Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster and whoever the hell else <laughs> that you got going on over there in New England. The Patriots look bad. But Bug Zappy over there, and you just got it's it's just Josh McDaniels, he'll go run his ass over there wearing the visor indoors again. It's just the fact that like they, they went from sugar to you know what. And it's a classic case of now we know who really made who. People can debate it all they want to. We know that Tom Brady went on and won the Super Bowl and was still successful and threw for 5,000 yards after the fact. Bill Belichick has went through some they, – they made the playoffs like, what, once or twice since Tom Brady left? If that, I lost track. And they've been they – it's, it's just the, – the Patriot way ain't Patriot way. So they get the biggest F of the season. I could give it to the low-hanging fruit of the Carolina Panthers, but the Patriots, man, come on, man. Scotty D, what say you? Well, I'm going to get give it to an individual. And that guy's name is Sean McDermott. Because the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl window is open right now, and they're sitting at five and five. Their quarterback looks completely lost. Josh Allen seems like he can't get out of his own way. He's he's starting to look more instead of of progressing and taking steps. He's kind of regressing. He, he looks like kind of how Tony Romo looked for a little while there, where you, he would tease you and, look, and make great plays, and then he break your heart with picks. He's kind of like a modern day Romo or. Bill Rivers, guys who just were so tantalizingly good, but just never really got over that hump. And that's where Buffalo's in danger. They have losses this year. Opening night, they laid an egg at the Jets. And that was when the Jets came in with all the hype of Aaron Rodgers, and he played for about 20 seconds. So the Zach Wilson-led Jets on opening night beat Buffalo. Then they lost to the Jaguars. That's not a terrible loss, but then they lost at New England. And we just were saying, Eddie, just talking about how much of a dumpster fire that team is. They couldn't get a win there. They lost at the Bengals again. Not a, a terrible loss, but nonetheless, that's when you're going to need if you're going to be contending because that that's you're talking about home field maybe down the road here in January. And then Monday night was a debacle. That was just a sloppy mess. A home game on Monday night football against the Broncos who have just been leaking oil and you, you you turn the ball over multiple times. You look terrible. And guess what happens at the end of the game? You catch a break because their field goal kicker comes out and shanks a gimme. And what happens? You have 12 guys on the field. You just took two timeouts. You didn't have enough time to figure out who's on the field goal block unit. That's unacceptable. And that seat is blazing under the rear end of Sean McDermott because Buffalo now slips to five and five. There are two games behind Miami in the loss column. They, and, and a tough bit of uh, a stretch of the schedule coming up. They, they, there's too many other good AFC teams 
right now where I can't just say, well, they're going to get it together and make the postseason. If they don't make the postseason, that's just a shame. There's just too much talent on this team. So, McDermott, you're not making any kind of adjustments. You're not helping your guy to fix what's wrong with them. You get an F right now. Be live. Hey, I took all the good ones. And oh. I'm, 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 I'm bleeding over here. Now. You, didn't, you didn't hit all the hot spots, though, because I got an F minus minus all the way across the board. Because, um, Eddie Cool, you mentioned Bill Belichick. And I'm 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 gonna argue real quick. I'm gonna argue real quick. Bill Belichick, I think at the end of the day, of course he's a Hall of Fame first ballot Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. But you can't coach the same way for 20-something years and think people ain't gonna catch on to what you got going on. And I think that's where he's running it. Not the fact that his schemes weren't great, it's just he just had to change. He had to change it the Patriot way, had to change. And it got an analysis being exposed because you don't have an elite quarterback leading the rest. Scott, Scott, did you hit the nail on the head? Because I was going to flat out give an F minus minus to Josh Allen because you can't keep turning the ball over like this at a like at a record pace. You're turning into famous Jameis Jabu when it comes yeah. to the quarterback. You make great throws, <clears throat> but you keep turning the ball over and. The Broncos had a plus three turnover margin, and it was tied still. And you still get that? Yeah, come on. But at the end of the day, F minus minus, incomplete. Um, you're gonna have to stay in. You're gonna have to stay in first grade all over again. Gonna try this again one more year, maybe. Hopefully not. Is gonna go to my beloved Carolina Panthers because it's across the board. Frank Wright, F minus mine. <laughs> well, what are you what are you doing? Like I I see no development. I see nothing positive, something that I can lean on next year without a first round draft pick. We get something's got to happen this year to give us some type of hope, or our entire franchise is a absolute disaster, which leads me to Scott Fitterer. Jesus Christ, I said this a long time ago. You're trade to Chicago is looking worse and worse and worse. And Chicago coming in and beating the Panthers to ensure that Chicago gets a better pick from us is the ultimate insult. And at the end of the day, the man leading the whole charge, David Tepper, you got a lot of money. You wanted a lot of things. Football, you have not won, not yet at all. I haven't seen it. And the future looks bleak. I am going to keep pounding to the day I die because of Sam Mills. Man, you're making it real hard to be a Panther fan. F's across the board. Give me some type of hope. Now and, and now we got the Cowboys coming up this coming week, and I gotta hear Scotty D. Well, that's not my style. Shit, I, I cussed. My bad. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I got real on the air. Um. Uh, Please do better than the Giants. Please perform a little bit better than the Giants. I I cannot lose 40 to 3, 49 to 17. I can't, I I my heart won't be able to take that with Scotty D 
Oh, the Cowboys! The Cowboys have beaten the Panthers before, and I didn't splash water in your face. So don't worry about it. I'm not. It's they're they're in two teams in two different phases of their of their clubs right now. So uh, Carolina's in a rebuild. The Cowboys are where they always are, teasing you, acting like they're contenders. <laughs> it's just it is what it is. Rebuilding since we tried to rebuild Cam Newton's shoulder. It, it, it just rebuild. We we can make well, can make yes. stronger. Whatever movie that came from, I know I misquoted it. But that's we've been trying to do that for the past five years, and we just we've been ruled out. And see, yeah, I, I mean, I did, and I meant that exactly. We've been ruled out. Oh, and, but, oh, oh, yeah. Worst, it's the worst birthday present ever. Just to, I, I told somebody a few days ago, I said, in three years, the Bears are going to be here. In three years, the Panthers are going to be here. And yeah, they just and they just they really the Bears better do something with all of this. If they, they still better. suck as the after all <laughs> this that we've given them, and they still suck, oh, we're gonna have words and problems. Yeah, yeah they, they haven't had like a legit court number one quarterback since for, since like the 1950s. If I was them, I would just I would I would draft every quarterback next year. And I just keep drafting them and then maybe and then maybe one of them. Get it, get it right, Panthers. O-line, O-line, and O-line. And then put more O-line to it. They're terrible. God awful. Worst I've ever seen. F, triple minus. Like, can I give a G grade? Like, just god awful. Carolina Panthers O-line, G. Uh, <laughs> yep. We have, they have definitely got to do better. Well, we're up against it right now. And coming up next, B-Live got something for us. What is it? The B-Live Top 5. Coming right at you after this on the Sports Bros Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ore diggers, lobster lovers, eaters of clams, and teams that claim to be America's team, but they clearly aren't. This is the Be Live Top Five. Five. Well, 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 here we are again. And you know, when it comes to the thicker things, my top five, my top five, and I don't really change that much as long as the teams keep winning. We've got five undefeated teams, and my opinion is going to differ. Whatever college football playoff, they, I, I don't think we've ever been on the same page. At the end of the day, the best team normally wins, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to quickly just go through my top five, but I'm going to get into the meat of the matter in just a moment. My top five comes in and consists as follows. Number five, coming in is the Ohio State University. The college football playoff committee has them at number one. I beg to differ. I'm not convinced. I won't be convinced until they beat Michigan, and then we'll see what happens after that. But if, as of right now, I think Michigan's better than Ohio State, which leaves Ohio State as the odd team out. Number four, Florida State University. It's, it, it, they, they're, going, they're already clinched the ACC championship. I think it's still between North Carolina and Louisville, who they face. I think Florida State just handles business between either one of those teams, Florida State, they're, they're in. 
barring some craziness against Florida at, at the last game of the season. But yeah, Florida State. Wait, not- they got to get past North Alabama first. <laughs> uh, Don't overlook North Alabama. That's very disrespectful. Go ahead. Once again, with his research, just to spite me. <laughs> Number three coming in, Washington Huskies. They handle business again this week. Michael Penn is doing his thing. Washington is doing what the Pac-12 never They're not allowing the rest of the conference to beat up on each other. And the last final hurrah for the Pac-12, looks like they're going to put a team into the college football playoff. Washington, I have high hopes for them. Number two, the Georgia Bulldogs. They're still number two to me. I know they just beat number nine Ole Miss, but who in their right mind ranked Ole Miss number nine? That was silly. That was tragic. They beat nobody. Have you seen who they played? I mean, they played nobody. They played LSU, and they played Alabama. That's it. And they lost to Alabama and lost handily to Alabama. Like, they're not a top-ten team. But just to, that. so Georgia still remains number two to me. And number one, Michigan against the world, Michigan Wolverines. I think they're the most well rounded team. I think they might have given Georgia a run for their money last year if it wasn't for um, TCU. But really, the meat of the matter, and I'm coming with, I'm coming in hot. With coming this, in hot. The Be Live, not top five. Coming in at number five. Penn State, why do we keep making Penn State in the top 10? Year after year after year. And they, they, they do the same thing every year. They lose to Michigan. They lose to Ohio State. That is not top 10. So they just lost to, their, to the number one, your number one, and that gets them on the not top five. Yeah, and you know why they're, they're, they're um, overrated? Okay. Why they're overrated? Because Michigan didn't even have their coach. Mm. And all and yet you have them number one. So yeah, anybody it, anybody loses to Michigan makes the B lap not top five. Penn State does. Because Michigan <laughs> ran the ball. Like Michigan wasn't even there was no creativeness when it came to what Michigan was gonna do. They ran the ball down Penn State's throat, and Penn State couldn't do anything to stop it. It was ridiculous. Very good. Why are they in the top 10? Number four, like I said before, Ole Miss. Why were they in the top 10? They played nobody, and it showed when they faced the Georgia team. It's just clearly just – it's Georgia, Alabama, and then everybody else in the SEC. And it, the SEC is not that good. It's not regularly teams so high. Coming in at number three. Kansas. Oh, you're a basketball school. You're a basketball. They, they try to put you up there. But nope, nope, nope. They put you up at number 16 and then you lose. What they, I, you know what? I was looking over it and I lost it real quick. Oh, who Kansas lost to? They lost to they lost to Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, Texas no. Tech. Just <laughs> And Kansas didn't even score a point until the fourth quarter. But this is the number 16 in the country. Yeah, no, eh, wrong, try again. Oh, coming in at number two, Bedlam. 
Bedlam Ben. You dethrone your um, your rival in Oklahoma, and then you turn around, number fifteen in the country, <laughs> score three points against UCF. UCF's good. Five and five UCF. They're really good. Forty-five to three Oklahoma State. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. Oh my God! That you, oh, you would have been clearly number one, but number one is just something going to be completely different. And I've been holding this rant for quite a while for this entire. Well, actually, not this entire week, but the way it happened. Number one in Beeline's not top five, overrated, just wrong for all the wrong reasons, is the Big Ten leadership. Y'all are foul. Y'all are wrong. You even said in your statement when you suspended Jim Jim Harbaugh that you had no evidence that he was linked to Connor Stallings. You said that he... You had no evidence, and yet you suspend the guy anyway. You not only did you suspend him, but you suspended him while he was on the flight to Happy Valley. You suspended him on a Friday. You had all week to do this. You suspended him on a Friday during a holiday weekend when you knew the courts were going to be closed. So when Michigan would try to file an in, um, a temporary injunction and have him coaching on the sideline, they couldn't even do that because the courts were closed. That has got to be the most cowardly. I, I, I can't say what I really want to say on the air about the Big Ten leadership, but that was, oh, oh, it was an itch in my back. It was, y'all, y'all are an itch, and then you just add the second letter in the alphabet. That's who y'all are. They don't like Harbaugh. They, they that's what that's clear as day. Y'all, he's an odd character. They don't like him. Yeah. So that was foul. Michigan has, I bet Michigan has admitted that hey, this was wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Connor Stanley is no longer with the program. We all, the world, see that Michigan is guilty. But there's so many ways to punish the program besides suspending the coach that you had no evidence on. Take away scholarships. Ban them from postseason play a year from now. I don't know. All kinds of ways. Find the heck out of the, the, the university. You don't suspend somebody that may or may not have had anything to do with it when you said that you have no evidence. And Jim Harbaugh said it straight up, flat out. He said, I thought I lived in a world that you were innocent until proven guilty. You think you no, think. that myth that that that's been a that's a myth. That's, <laughs> that's that hasn't been the case in years. Right. Big Ten, you know y'all was wrong for that. Y'all wrong for that. And Michigan still prevailed. I'm gonna need my I'm gonna need my 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 um associate or assistant head coach that led the team. I'm gonna need him to do a little too much in your fields. You you too grown to be crying like that. Not been crying. 
So I have Oregon State as my number one. They scored 62 points this past week. They beat Stanford 62 to 17. That's got to count for something. That's got to move you up the, up the list. I got them at number one. Ain't got to count for nothing. That counts for Stanford coming to the ACC and just, uh, oh boy. All right. Them coming to the ACC and finna get waxed. Fellas, I had a chance to talk to some uh, a close friend over the weekend, and they told me this whole Connor Stallion's background and all I can say, it has all the makings for a made-for-TV made movie. I'll tell you the story off air because you're going to be like, what in the hell? But with that being said, the B-Live top five and not top five. We got it over and out way. Fellas, guess what time it is? Time for Alabama versus Chattanooga. Lord have mercy. We uh <laughs> Scott, you, you you are wild. I'm glad you asked Scotty D at B Live. It's time for that one on my calendar for this. For our favorite portion of the show, you're going to hell all the choices of the voices. <laughs> and with that being said, hey yo, button, hit it. <laughs> choices of the voices coming after this. B Live, I'm gonna need to put up a sense of bar for that. Yeah, I, I'm so sick of him. <laughs> Choices of the voices coming right up. Had that one circled on my calendar. (laughs) The tide. Roll tide. Uh, We'll be right back. And now, our favorite part of the show the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful land. Everybody, hold on to your ears and your underwear. So lovely, Miss Button, for introducing our favorite portion of the show, The Choices of the Voices. Y'all know how we do it. We ask y'all a question. Sometimes y'all father races, y'all do what the hell what you want to do. But you know what? We're gracious for your participation any damn way. Oh, and if you got a hot take that you want heard here on the Sports Bowls podcast, let us know. We might have your voice on this next episode. Yeah, we still do the voice recordings. Get engaged. Get involved. Let's get it. Let's go. We Scotty did. D. Yeah. Sweet. Scotty D. What's the topic for this week's choices of the voices? All right. We are backing it up this, this week, talking about the man who backs up the man, the backup quarterback. Tell us one or two of your favorites or just perhaps a significant performance that stands out to you by a backup quarterback. And Eddie Cool, what did the people tell us? All right, let's go. We got a lengthy list, but let's get into it. Jeffrey Lewis said, great question this week. We are facing a lot this year. Longevity comes to mind when you ask who you got. Longevity is defined as as long existence or service. Our true definition, whatever. All right, after some fun research, I'm going with Mason Rudolph. I feel he defines longevity. Mason has proved himself as a touchdown thrower. I choose him because he looks strong and would give him the time to find a young stud. Secondly, I found Malik Willis a young dual threat quarterback. Have we been watching the same Mason Rudolph? <laughs> well, I think he's most famous for getting conked on the head by a helmet. Isn't that? Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's most famous for getting beat the hell up. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he, he's, he's a serviceable backup. I mean, he's been there for a while. I mean, obviously he's held that roster spot in Pittsburgh for years now. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is what he is. That's that's why he's a backup and not a starter somewhere. Yeah. All right. Moving right along, we got Randy Martin. He said, I love that the Steelers had Michael Vick as a backup quarterback. 
Uh, he showed his ass for us. Won some good games, and the same with Byron Leftwich. That is right. They did have Byron Leftwich and Mike Vick. Mm-hmm. All right. Tom Wynn said, got to start with Frank Wright, January 3rd, 1993. Hard to top that backup performance. And that was the performance against the Oilers, right, in the uh, wild card playoffs that year, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Moving right along, we got our Hall of Famer, Uncle Max. Hey, Uncle Max, man, get well soon, man. We're praying for you, and we love you, all right? Uh, Uncle Max said that Earl Morale and Nick Foles, both who led their respective teams, the Colts and Eagles, to Super Bowl victories. Earl Morale was also a member of the Miami Dolphins during their undefeated season, coming off the bench when necessary. As a matter of fact, I will go as far to say that Earl Morale is the greatest backup quarterback in the history of the National Football League. So Uncle Max gives us Earl Morale and Nick Foles as backup guards. Right. Yeah, that's good. Earl Morale, I mean, he was – that was his – That was his. he was pretty much known as the most famous backup quarterback of all time. But he actually had some starter minutes. I think he started uh, Super Bowl three, if I'm not mistaken, and then United came in and scored the only touchdown. But, again, that's why he was the backup. The backup to back up the man. All right, Tony Bogan, what's up, TB? He said, there are two performances that stand out to me in different ways. The first is Matt Flynn, who backed up Aaron Rodgers and threw him for 480 yards and six touchdowns against the Lions on New Year's Day of 2012. The second is not so good. Former, uh, <laughs> former Bronco Kendall Hinton, he started as an emergency quarterback um, against the Saints in 2020 as their entire quarterback room was exposed to the Rona, the COVID, the vid. Uh, he went one for nine and 13 yards on that day. Uh, he did what he had to do given the circumstances, though. Oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah, the whole quarterback room got sick and like, all right, can you throw a ball? Yeah. All right, get out there. You start next week. The hell? All right, and Trey Dizzle, he says, so the most memorable, uh, the most memorable backup QB to me is pretty obvious. Dak Prescott. His, <laughs> in, his inability to throw, use his small brain, escape pressure, audible, or lead a team, uh, a lead a team really hurt his playing career. Unfortunately for him, the Cowboys never got him a quality starter to take the reins, and he had to continuously play like that for a decade. Uh, Trey Bizzle, I don't know if you know, but ever since the 49ers, ever since the Cowboys lost to the 49ers, statistically, that Prescott has been one of the best QBs in the league. But in the words of the almighty be live, I digress. MVP, MVP Prescott. See, I should never say that. Here we go. Here we go. And to Trey Dizzle's credit, this question came out before his performance against the Giants. And yes. Um, now he's in the driver's seat of the MVP race. Stop it. Stop it immediately. A plus. A, a plus is from all of us. Midterm grade. They're talking about C.J. Stroud getting some MVP votes. Oh, my God. All right, we got Mark Olds. He says the Panthers head coach, Frank Reich, and I think he shared the same answer as Tom Wynn as well, too. Yep. All right, with that being said, fellas, who you got? B-Live, start with you first. Well, I'm I'm surprised we didn't get any mentions of Gardner Minshew. Hmm. That would have been this would have been a good spot to throw him in there. Um, little, um, little 
no fits of magic in there, none of that. Um, even Geno Smith would have been a good answer thrown in there at some point in time. But you know, y'all do realize that the greatest of all time, um, Archibald, all, all those extra mill names y'all want to throw in there for um, Tom Brady, he was a backup. That's true. And Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And Tom Brady not only came off the bench, he led he led the team all the way to a Super Bowl victory. Coming off the as the as like as the season started, Tom Brady was the backup quarterback. So if that isn't the best performance of a backup quarterback ever, I don't know what is. But I don't fault y'all because you you just don't look at Tom Brady as a backup quarterback. But he, he was a backup at Michigan. He was a backup when he came into the league. And he got thrown into it. Um, thrown into it. And next thing you know, seven rings, seven rings later. He's 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 that um he's that farm animal. There you go. All right, that's a, that's a that's a good pick. I'm uh so I'm gonna kind of go away from that type of of uh of thinking because he was a backup and like Kurt Warner would be another good example of someone who was a backup and then went on to great things. Even Tony Romo spent three years on the bench. Aaron Rodgers was a backup. So, uh, uh, but I'm thinking more in lines. I'm going to go with my answers more in lines of guys who were backups and just sure. always backups. Sure. Yeah. I, so I I'm going to give you one moment and you're going to see this over the next week or so. But in, in 1974, the Redskins, came to Dallas to play the Cowboys and had a bounty on Roger Staubach and he knocked him out of the third quarter and rookie quarterback Clint Longley came in trailing 16 to three and led Dallas to a come from behind victory. And they show this a lot of times on Thanksgiving anyway, just because it was a Thanksgiving, great Thanksgiving moment. But now having playing Washington, they will, I'm, I'm positive. We'll see the mad bomber, Clint Longley throwing the slinging the ball around on Thanksgiving. And by the way, uh, his, that was his best performance he also, two years later, would get in a fight with Staubach and punch him in the eye, and he didn't last long with the Cowboys beyond that. So he, his career never really panned out beyond that. But I want to show a little love to a, a guy who's never been able to quite get over that backup to start a role permanently, and that is Tyrod Taylor. This poor guy, every time he seemingly gets an opportunity, something goes wrong with him. He got the Bills to, like, their first playoff in however many years, 15 years or whatever, and then he gets replaced. Josh Allen comes in. Then he heads off to Cleveland, and Baker Mayfield shows up, and he gets replaced. And then he heads out to San Diego, and they draft Justin Herbert, and he gets replaced. And every time he just seems like he's getting a chance, he gets hurt. Something always goes wrong for this poor guy. He was actually playing pretty well for the Giants, gets hurt. So there's always something that goes wrong with Tyrod Taylor, but he's a he's a – a very solid player. He's maybe not the best option as a starting quarterback, but he's a guy who's capable. He's a guy who can get in there and help you from time to time. So Tyrod Taylor is a guy I wanted to get a little little shout out to as a backup quarterback. Was he with where he had a pump where they botched his surgery and he had what? What was it? A punctured lung or something like that? Yeah, I think that was when he was with the Chargers. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that was just unfortunate. <laughs> like. 
that at that time he was playing like a starting quarterback. And, and next thing you know, he's out. And he actually made a Pro Bowl, I think, in 2017. I mean, I think he had he had some good moments with the Bills. And I mean, there's just there's always something with this poor guy. Every time you just he he's probably like on the cusp of making a move. And, you know, even this year, you know, Daniel Jones out for the season. It's Tyrod's team, and then on October 29th, he's on injured reserve. <laughs> he gets hurt and gets on injured reserve again. So, but. A likable guy, you know. I just always kind of like Tyrod Taylor. And so, and so to what, so to to the um, the way you a- I've asked the question, my answer would be um, Fitzpatrick. Yes, that, that would that would be my guy as far as the journeyman, service serviceable quarterback that never quite. He was just. But he, I'm a 17, 18 years, mm-hmm. 12 teams later. And, yeah. And brought the Fitz magic. I was like, yo. <laughs> yeah. Arguably the smartest quarterback in all of NFL because he went to, when he went to Harvard, right? He went to Harvard. Yes, he went to Harvard. <laughs> yeah. And there was another guy. I don't know if you guys would remember, but there was a guy by the name of Don Strzok. Who was a backup in Miami for a lot of years? Name sounds and, familiar. And I always talk about the. I, I've mentioned to you guys before the greatest game I feel like I've ever seen was the Dolphins and Chargers in that AFC playoff game in 1981. And David Woodley was the starting quarterback, and he got. Uh, I can't remember if he got knocked out or replaced, but Strzok came in and was part of that magical night. And he was Marino's backup for for a few years there. So Don Strzok was another. He he's kind of in that Earl Morrill mode where he just was always like a backup and. Everyone so I would get a chance to play. But Eddie, cool. Who you got there? Talk, talk to us. Uh, Tony Bowden kind of took my answer, so I'm going to say Matt Flynn. That one time, I think, I think, uh, this, I think yeah. this, this the that was that performance. I think what I think him and Matt Stafford threw for like I think I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Flynn threw for like five five hundred yards and five touchdowns or six touchdowns, and Matt Stafford threw for a lot too. And how pivotal is that? Is because that led because he was backing up Aaron Rodgers. That led him to become hit the market, become a free agent. Seattle gave him a bunch of money, and he lost his job to a guy by the name of Russell Wilson, a rookie. And then he served as a backup. So um, I call Matt Flynn the ultimate finesser in the history of the NFL because he had one game, got a bunch of money, ain't played since, probably retired and said to hell with it. Matt Flynn, I ain't mad at you, baby, none whatsoever. And shout out to everybody for this week's participation in the Choice of the Voices. Scotty D, what's on tap after break? Well, as we are getting late into the college football season, I'm going to throw this one out out there to you. Who do you think is going to win the Heisman? There's not a runaway candidate this year. A couple guys might be trying to edge up past the rest of the field, but there are still two two more weeks left. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's there still could be a breakout performance that separates someone from the pack. So we're going to ask you, who is your favorite to win the Heisman? And we'll hear this answer in two weeks because we will not be with everyone on Thanksgiving week. So the following week, as we'll be like sliding right on into Heisman voting season, we'll be right on topic that week. Yep, that we will. That about does it for the choice of the voices. Be live, bro. Um, one thing I want to talk there, just because I looked it up real quick, that game that you're talking about where well, I met um, – Flynn and Stafford. Mm-hmm. Between the two of them, they threw for one 
thousand yards. Okay, all right. <laughs> Matt Flynn had four hundred and eighty. Stafford had five hundred and twenty. Okay, Flynn all right. Six touchdowns. Stafford threw for five. <laughs> and that earned him a big old fat contract. That yeah, Seattle always regretted because then Russell Wilson came and stole the job. Dummies. Yeah. All right. With that being <laughs> said, that does it for this week's choices of the voices. Come right up. Be live. Bust out the grinder. It's time for a round of pepper. Coming at you right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. <laughs> Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, everybody, it's time for us to go home and get the hell out of here. But before we go, we're going to hit you with a round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really here to engage, enlighten, educate, and entertain. With that being said, I'll go first. On this day in history, back in 1901, the sixth edition <laughs> of the Iron Bowl, Auburn beats Alabama. 17 to 0 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So, yeah, the Iron Bowl. Not too far away, fellas. Over to you, Scotty D. I love the Iron Bowl. Uh, so, the NBA in season tournament has begun, and we've all been looking forward to this because, nah, actually, no, we haven't. Who cares? It's just more regular season <laughs> games. Be live over to you. Uh, 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 my first pepper point. I'm going to just break down some numbers real quick. Four million, um, let's just put this out there. Since 2022, four million for Zach Garnett fired from Mississippi State. 4.4 million for Herm Edwards fired from Arizona State. 8.7 million for Carl Durrell fired from Colorado. 11 million for Paul Chris fired from Wisconsin. 11.4 million for Jeff Collins fired from Georgia Tech. 15 million for Scott Frost, fired from Nebraska, $15.5 million for Brian Harson, fired from Auburn. And all of those combined doesn't even match how much Texas A&M owes Jimbo Fisher with a whopping $76 million buyout to fire Jimbo Fisher. He gets to sit at home for the next eight years of collect a paycheck between him and um was a ha- not uh what what's what's Sumlin is almost a hundred million dollars they're paying in buyouts for former head coaches. Um parents, if you have kids, that's ridiculous. Parents, if you have kids, show them how to become failed college football coaches. <laughs> Easy job you ever have in your entire life. Eddie Cool, the ball. Now, now, ain't that something? I have fast performer work. I damn near get fired. But these guys have fast performer yeah. job, and they walk away millionaires. Absolute yes. bull junk, all right? So, fellas, um, as we know, or as you may have heard during uh, the Live Top 5 intro, I said something about ore diggers, all right? O-R-E diggers. And um, that is a little shout-out to the Colorado School of Mines, a Division II football program in um, Colorado, a part of the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Well, last week, the number one team in D2, they beat the Brigadier Breaks off of Fort Lewis 82 to 0. 82 to 0 as they are undefeated and they are, and they have won their conference. They should be in B Live's top five. 
hey man, they're pretty good. And they won the conference championships from 2018 right on up to 2023. And also they have a quarterback by the name of Joel Matocha, who has 181 career total touchdowns, the most in college football history. That includes 155 passing and 25 rushing scores. So um, yeah, the Colorado School of Mines. I thought it was a joke, but uh, they are real deal. Over to you, Scotty D. Circle December 15th on your calendar, boys, because that is a day that Andre August will be back into the ring. You guys know who he is? Who's that? He is Jake Paul's next opponent. Andre August, who's a 35-year-old journeyman who's made a career out of beating guys who suck, is the stepping stone for Jake Paul, who says after this win, he wants to be considered for world champion contention. Guys, I couldn't be any more because I wish I could close my eyes and make it be December 15th. Be live over to you. Oh boy. World champ. <laughs> Logan got gold. Taking a shower with just the belt on. Chill out on some of these things. Being nasty. <laughs> oh, my second pepper point. Uh, enjoy time with your parents, your loved ones, especially your parents, no matter how big you make it in life, especially if you're the backup quarterback for the New York Giants, where Tommy DeVito, he's, he's, out, he's starting. I mean, I get it. He, he only, I mean, his salary this year is $900,000. Um, but yes, he admits not only that he still lives with his parents, but Nothing wrong with that. I don't have to worry about laundry, what I'm eating for dinner, chicken cutlets, and all that is waiting for me when I get there. My mom still makes my bed. Everything is handled for me. Tommy DeVito on living with his parents. 25 years old, mind you. He gonna be the most single person ever in the history of ever if hmm. my dearest is still making his bed. Eddie Cool, the ball. What my mom doesn't make my beds. My <laughs> what did I see on TikTok the other day? A lot of women, they got an issue with somebody having a roommate. But they have no problem with them living with their girlfriends, ex-wives. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. All right. Third and final pepper point goes out to me, Eddie Cool, aka Edwin Vereen. You can check out my work on the Lorraine County Sports Network. My interview with defensive end from the Brookside Cardinals, Aiden McLaughlin. It dropped on Monday. Coming up next Monday will be my interview with Elyria Pioneers running back Kevin Jordan. We talk about everything from his his, his new coach to his record-setting game, all that and then some. So check me out Monday, 4 p.m. on the Lorraine County Sports Network with the postseason wrap-up with yours truly, Edwin Vereen. Over to you, Scotty D. So recently, my favorite person, Roger Goodell, got a contract extension that's going to take him through 2027. It was not known exactly all the details, but it's believed that it will push his career earnings up over $700 million. Roger Goodell, we have a lot to be thankful for. He took an obscure, unknown league like the NFL and brought it to mainstream in the last, last 10 years. He brought exposure and network coverage that no one could have ever dreamed of. No one ever saw this popularity coming 
prior to Roger Goodell. Yeah. Be live. Uh, oh. I'm sick of you. <laughs> Come on, you weren't excited about the Colts versus who they who didn't even play in Germany. If I was German, I'd be pissed. Colts and Patriots. I mean, I never even watched the NFL before the before Roger Goodell got there. I had heard about it in passing, but Roger Goodell really elevated this league from relative obscurity into the mainstream. Well, my third, <laughs> my third and final pepper point is simply this. Because by the, by the next time that you hear us, there will be a whole two weeks of college football games, including rivalries. And in the beloved state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Bowl will be located in Columbia, South Carolina this year at 7.30 p.m. And you can see that game on the SEC network. So you're telling me I have to watch this stupid game against those stupid dirt peckers, and I got to hear stupid commentary that's going to be biased the whole time? They're going to have to... First of all, if I hear that freaking... I see why you wore that jersey, because, yeah, I won't see you until that game happens. We've taken a two-week break. And we owe y'all so much after that one point freaking mess 31 30 from last year is going down this it's going to be brutal it's going to be ugly and god forbid if we lose to north carolina and we have to like oh boy we are going to win that game you you worry you worry about is it pit miami that we us us we are going to win this one in french i told you about this eddie cool it, it, I'm telling you, it, it's going down. It's going to be ugly. It's and going to be, oh, my goodness. We're winning. This is our year. We're winning. Find an old line before in two weeks. We will. I better eat your grits. I'm telling you. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming. And okay. Happy Thanksgiving. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can do something nice for someone else, they'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be good, be nice, and be cool, baby. It's been another episode of the Sports Rose Podcast. Be like, take us home. C L E M S O N. Yes, Hey, thanks for watching and listening to the Sports Rose Podcast. We love you. Happy holidays. We'll see you on the other side. Happy Thanksgiving, and then Merry Christmas. Yeah, that too. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Just click the link in the description box and keep up with the Sports Bros Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>